0: amen hello amen thank you jesus hallelujah if there are any children that are still here that are elementary age they can they're heading down the hall right now so for those of you that have kids just know that uh What's being talked about down there is the same thing that's being talked about right here this morning. Uh, So, as we were um, doing the kids' experience this week, uh, I got to be up here and be the media guy um, and just kind of sit in the back and play music and uh, push play on the video, you know, really hard job. Um, We had three nights. Of ministry to the kids, and there were three you know as as my wife said there there 's four parts of the four square gospel, and there 's only three nights, so they only focused in on three they didn 't mention all four and talked about it, but they didn't they didn't uh, they didn 't focus in on one of them and so just as a review, since you are in a four square church uh, and if you 're a member here, you are four square um, you're like what? what? that sounds weird, but you know, not the game on the on the playground. Um, that's what I thought Foursquare was growing up. Uh, but Foursquare gospel is simply this: that we believe that Jesus Christ is is our Savior. He is the Savior. He's the only Savior. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to God. He's the only way to believe. He's the He's the only way, truth and the life. We also believe that Jesus Christ is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit, that he is that when Jesus said, it's good that I leave you so that I can send the one who will come after me. In other words, I'm going to send my spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, and he's going to come and he's going to fill you. He's going to. He's going to baptize you, and He's going to fill you with power and love and ability and grace, and supernatural things will happen with you. And so we believe that Jesus Christ is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And then the third part of the four-square gospel is this. Jesus Christ is our healer. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when Jesus was on earth, what did he do to people? Did he heal people on earth? Yes. If he's still the same, then he can still heal, heal people. We just heard the testimony about that. And the fourth part of the four-square gospel is Jesus Christ is the soon-coming king. That Jesus is coming back. Maybe we're getting real super close. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want into predictions because once you get into predictions, you know you're wrong. Because... Jesus said nobody knows. So if you predict it, then you know it's, it's wrong. And, uh, but you can know the times. He did say you would know the season. So we're definitely getting closer to that season where Jesus can return. And so he is waiting for the gospel to be preached in all nations. That's one of the things it says in Scripture. that Jesus, But he is our soon-coming king. And the part we get to play is this. We get to spread the word until the king comes. That's the part of the four-square gospel that we sometimes are a little bit unclear about that. But that's the part where it says, hey, since he is the soon-coming king, I better tell as many people as possible that the soon-coming king is soon coming. Now, we had three nights, and they focused, fascinatingly enough, on Jesus Christ as the Savior, Jesus Christ as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ as the soon-coming king. And so there wasn't a night because... For some reason, on Foursquare, we did three nights. I don't know. Again, it's 2020, so we're trying to, If anything that was done was, is a victory, we believe. <laughs> so um, so I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't anything bad. It's just... And, and earlier in the week, the Lord had just been stirring in my heart. Man, we just need to... You know, He stirred in my heart Wednesday. We need to pray for healing. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's just do healing night tonight. uh Wednesdays right now, we're kind of like free flowing. We're just, we just go, what are we doing? Lord, what, what's going on, God? Uh, we can't have our 20 step plan right now. And so, God's like, well, just, you got to hear my voice. And so, and I've been thinking too, just the, the, the idea of healing has been stirring. And then so, you know, Ashley and I were even talking and about, you know, what this teaching focused on. And I was going to go a different direction. I was, I was going in a different direction, and it got changed. I was like, you know what? She's like, yeah, they didn't do healing. I'm surprised they didn't do healing. And I remembered earlier in the week, I was thinking, we need to refresh ourselves on healing in the Scriptures. Because right now, when, when you have an assault of sickness, uh, what it does is it begins to wear you down over time. Uh, this happens with some people who have chronic sickness, right? If you have something that you're fighting over and over again, it's hard to believe in healing. Let's just not pretend and say, oh, we can just quote all these verses and then I just feel amazing. No, it's hard. It can be difficult. When you're facing something every day that says that's trying to tell you, no, God's not, and you have to face and say, God, no matter what I see, I'm going to believe what you say in the Bible over what I'm seeing with my eyes or what I'm feeling in my body. That's very difficult. And so right now when, when there's something in the world that's going on that's saying, sickness, 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 sometimes the little part in our minds and souls that goes, I'm believing God for healing, I'm believing God for healing, kind of gets... You know, a little quiet or a little timid. Or, man, definitely don't stand on this front row because, boy, I'm spitting like crazy. There's definitely good to have ten feet, like not just six, okay? So uh, (laughs) just forget anything else. This is not good to be spit on. Um, So... You know, when this thing is coming at you all the time, you know, you you got you you got to sometimes refresh yourself and renew yourself. And so I knew that God was saying, hey, you you definitely got to go back to what I was speaking to you earlier in the week. And let's let's get some scriptures on healing uh, into our our minds, into our mouths, into our into our into our beings to stir up uh, the truth of God, Uh, because this is what we have to believe in is the word of God. So I want you to turn to Mark chapter 2. For those of you that have kids, they are going to start in Mark chapter 2, I believe as well, with this story. Um, this is the account of Jesus' uh, healing. Uh, one of his early, very early healings in his ministry when he'd first come to earth. And he'd lived 30 years, of course. And there was no miracles. There was nothing supernatural that happened in Jesus' life. Uh, he didn't turn doves You know, clay doves and they didn't come to life. There's all kinds of fairy tales and stories and stuff. But Jesus didn't do any miracles until after God, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And then it says the Holy Spirit came down upon him like a dove. And he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so after that moment, then the miracles begin to just happen and happen and happen over and over again. So Mark chapter 2, Holy Spirit, open the word. It says, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. That's interesting. There could have actually been more than four friends if you read the scripture right there. So, but four of them were carrying him. Since they could not get to get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And so at this point, the guys upstairs are like, I just dug through the roof, man, not for forgiveness, bro. (laughs) Can't you see he's on a mat? (laughs) Sometimes, though, Jesus deals with what needs to be dealt with first, right? The most important need of any person is forgiveness of sin. That's why the gospel starts with Jesus as the Savior. We need to be forgiven of sin. And so Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They are correct. (laughs) Halfway. (laughs) Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which should have got the Pharisees' attention, right? Because <laughs> they're like, Oh, he knows what I'm thinking inside my, heart, my head. Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man... I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. You know, this is early on. Like, they still, you know, there's still just rumors who is this Jesus guy? What's he like? What's going on? What's he saying? What's he doing? And there were so many people that were there that the, they couldn 't get the guy in because the you know he was in a house i mean the houses were, they weren 't like a thirty two hundred square foot house or something in you know in nice midland uh, this is probably a a very small area you know maybe Seven or 800 square feet or something. I mean, it was a small area. So when they say the house was packed, they were probably outside the door, outside the, the open windows that were there. They're listening in wherever they can. They're spread out and Jesus is sitting right there. And they're like, man, we want to get this guy to Jesus. And so they, they get up on the roof. They're most likely, you know, they always had... Had roofs that they would sit on or sleep on when it's super hot because uh, there's no AC uh, and they were in Israel and so in the summer they might have slept outside actually on the roof and so they go up onto the rooftop area and they dig through that thing they're like we're not we're not stopping until we get to Jesus I mean it's just a phenomenal phenomenal account of faith and persistence and pursuing Jesus you know that they're willing to you know Cause caused some damage to a house. And, you know, the way the houses were made is, it's, you know, there's, there's ways they could get through that. but And we won't go into that. I don't want to go into that too long. But the point was this, that they wanted to get this man to Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is the healer. And so Jesus Christ is still the healer you know a lot of people are dealing with this virus thing in many different ways right <laughs> there and like 2% of them are healthy ways <laughs> right maybe 5% uh you know there's People deal with this. And I don't want to worry about people who don't know Jesus. We're not here to judge them. Uh, They're they're going to act like people who don't know Jesus. So let's not point the finger at them. Let's not judge them. Uh, Our job is to reveal who Jesus is and love them and give them the gospel so that they can be changed. So I'm not talking about people who don't know Jesus right now. I am talking to people who do know Jesus. And sometimes the way we deal with stuff is we don't deal with it biblically. Sometimes we take something like like a pandemic and a virus and we and we we just try to blow it off oh it's just it's not that bad anyway you know it's it's this percentage of people are going to get better, so we we don't have to worry about it and that may be true. I'm not here to get into that debate. <laughs> I'm probably right, but Whatever I believe is right. I know, you, I know you think that too. But I'm not... Doesn't everybody think that, right? I've been on social media. Everybody thinks they're right. Just so you know. If you weren't clear on that, everybody believes that. Okay? Some of us are wrong. But just minimizing what something is, is not faith. Jesus never tried to minimize sickness into something it wasn't. He didn't have to say, well, it's not going to be that bad, man. You're, going to, you're, going to, you're still breathing. It's okay. He didn't have to minimize it. And I'm preaching. Oh, it's getting quiet here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? See, this is, sometimes this is how we deal with things. Rather than dealing with it in faith, we deal with it by dismissing it. And we're just going to pretend it's not that bad. Now, whether it is or not is beside the question. But if I'm just going to pretend something is not that bad, I'm not dealing with it with the biblical faith and with the eyes of the Spirit of God. And I think we're being lulled to sleep by something to deal with it with fleshly and carnal weapons when God is saying, I've not given you carnal and fleshly weapons. I've given you spiritual weapons and you need to deal with this thing spiritually. You need to deal with it with truth in the Word of God and you need to deal with it with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not going to dismiss anything, but I am going to declare the Word of God and the greatness of God and the power of Jesus and the healing work of Jesus and the testimony of Jesus until faith is stirred in my heart and somebody else's heart so we believe and something happens because Jesus is the healer. He's the hope of the world. I know I'm meddling a little bit, so I'm just meddling with myself, I think. But So I want to read a few scriptures. I think it would be good just to, for some of us, it's a refresher. For some of us, it might be brand new. But I want us to look at these scriptures about healing. Uh, Matthew 4, verses 23 and 24 says this, And Jesus went through Gal- Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about Him spread all over Syria, and people brought to Him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demonized or demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and He healed them. And then in Luke, or Matthew chapter 10, in verse 1, Jesus called His 12 disciples to Him, and He gave them authority to drive out impure or evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. In Luke 9, in verse 2, the same thing to his disciples. Jesus called them together and he gave them, he gave them, he gave them a gift. He said, I give you the power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So here's a, here's the a thing I want to clarify for you too. Healing in the Scriptures comes through two ways. There are two guarantees that healing is still for today and is still from the time. Number one is this. When Jesus came, notice what it says in Matthew 4 and in this Scripture right here. He said, first proclaim the kingdom. Healing is present when the kingdom of God is present. So there is healing just in the presence of the king and his rule and reign because that's what the kingdom of God is The kingdom of God is you know, it's not visible. It's indivisible. It's invisible not indivisible <laughs> For liberty and justice for all um, It's invisible You can't see it or feel it or touch it or necessarily smell it with our natural senses But the kingdom of God is wherever the rule of God reigns. So if Jesus rules in your heart, then the kingdom of God is present in your life, in your heart. When if If Jesus is ruling in your time of prayer over someone who needs healing, then guess what? The kingdom is present and the power of God is present to bring healing and deliverance and freedom and whatever is needed in that moment that is supplied by God himself in his kingdom. So that's the first way and guarantee of healing. But the second is this. God did it with two ways. The second is this. By His stripes we were healed. It says that Jesus in Isaiah, when it prophesies in Isaiah 53... A 1,000 years almost before Jesus was born, I believe, that Isaiah saw these visions and he received these revelations about the coming Messiah. And he had these revelations and he wrote them down in the book of Isaiah. And in one of them, in, in chapter 53, it says, he, he carried our sicknesses. He carried our infirmities. And he was struck by God and he was punished. His punishment for our peace was upon him. He was disfigured beyond appearance of a man. And by his wounds or his stripes we are healed. What was Isaiah seeing? Isaiah saw the cross before it happened. He had a revelation of Messiah coming to earth and suffering and carrying the weight of sin and sickness and disease and grief and pain upon him. And he was wounded and bruised and crushed so that we might be made whole. Now, of course, Jesus hadn't died yet when we read these scriptures, right? right, You're like, I don't know if I should answer yes or no this morning. (laughs) Better not to say anything at all than be wrong, right? Okay, so yes. No, Jesus hadn't died yet. The answer is yes. And so he hadn't died yet. So Jesus hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't paid for it yet. But as Bill Johnson said, it's like this. It's like when you go into a store, when do you pay? When you go out, right? Or do some of you don't pay. <laughs> Well, I mean, at Sam's you can check out earlier with the the app or whatever. But, you know, generally, (laughs) you pay on the way out. It's the same way with Jesus. He did all this stuff on earth and he paid on the way out. He paid the bill on his way off the earth. When he died and when he suffered, when he was crushed, when he was whipped, when he was broken, when he was spit upon, when he was crucified... He was paying the price for our sin, for our sickness, for our disease, for our grief, for our pain, for everything broken in us that needs to be made well. And so while he was on earth, Jesus had authority to give out. He had authority to forgive sins. He had authority to pass on to his disciples. And, you know, after Jesus is risen from the dead, of course, he stands up. Uh, And he's on the hill and he says, all authority has been given to me. And so therefore, go and make disciples. In other words, he was giving them a commission to say, you're going as my ambassadors. You're going in my authority. Now go do this. And so if you're a disciple of Jesus, then you have also received power and authority over sickness, disease, and anything that's demonic, any work of the enemy, evil spirits, all those things have been given to you because they they have been passed on from Jesus to us. You know, it says in one more scripture, James chapter 5 and verse 14 through 16, this this is after, of course, Jesus has gone to heaven and they're writing and talking about healing. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There are hundreds more scriptures we could read, but this is just a quick overview of healing that I want to go through today. But I want to encourage your hearts today is, you know, our hearts have been kind of beaten up on this, and I feel like God's saying, hey, wake up. Let's 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 not let's not get sucked into believing uh a report that's not for me. You know, there were you know when they went into the promised land, it says that twelve spies went in, and they all saw the same thing. Are you all familiar with this story? It's in it's in the book of Numbers, chapters thirteen and fourteen. I just read it to my son. That's why it's coming up in my mind, I'm sure. But there were 12 spies that were sent in, and they spent 40 days. You've got to remember, these guys, this is a long-term reconnaissance spy mission, okay? Way cool. Wouldn't you want to be on that? Uh, 40 days of we're going to check out the land. We're going to see what's there. We're going to look at the people. We're going to check out the cities. We're going to see the fruit of the land, what's going on in this place, what are the people like. And they come back, and all 12 of them saw the exact same thing but ten of them responded one way and two of them responded a different way. Ten of them said this, oh man, this land is amazing. It's so good. It's flowing with everything good that God has promised for us, but but man, it, those people look really strong. I think we saw some giants. Those people look really super tall. I don't know if it was a basketball team or what, but these guys were, were really tall and it says we look like grasshoppers to them. We can't do this. And then the other two guys, who of course were named Joshua and Caleb, we don't name our kids the name of those other ten guys, do we? <laughs> we don't even know who they were. We don't remember their names, right? Because it's like, nah, not picking that name out for my kid. I want to be on the winning team, right? Okay, um, so two guys, Joshua and Caleb, say, they, they, they stand up and say, hey, no, 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 no. We saw the land too, and we saw the giants. We saw the people. We saw the cities. We saw everything, and God's going to give us the victory. He's going to He's going to get it. You know this This is going to be nothing for God right now. He's going to give us the victory. We're going to walk in. Let's do it right now. But the people. Believe the ten. And it says the bad report spread. The bad news spread through all the people. And it says they begin to cry. They begin to go, oh no, this is going to be horrible. Why did God bring us out here to die? And Joshua and Caleb and Moses and Aaron. I mean, a few of them like... well, oh, wait, Moses wasn't there. So uh, Joshua... <laughs> Yeah, Moses was there, right? <laughs> he wasn't going to get to go in. but <laughs> they're, they're like, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. You don't have to believe in the bad report. They all saw the same thing, but they responded differently. Ten of them responded in what it looks like without God. And two of them responded with what it looks like with God. Vastly different perspectives, but they were facing the same thing. The same thing goes for us right now. Everybody is seeing the same situation. And God is saying, Are you going to see from my perspective, or are you going to see from another perspective that's not mine? Yeah, I feel like I was telling Jacob this earlier in the week. When this whole situation hit, we we're all like, "Let's pray." Weren't you? Weren't you like? Yeah. Were like? Some of you are like, "No." <laughs> I don't do it like that, man. I'm quiet. Fine. You were like, "Let's pray." <laughs> we're like, "We're going to stand against this thing. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to pray. And this God's going to do something." And then when it, it when it looked like it happened, we're like, I told you this is going to be nothing. I told you this was, boom. Then we're like, oh, things are coming back. Well, that's just all pretend. That might not be real. Might not. I don't know. I'm not here to decide that question. But, but here's the thing. When it didn't happen, then we kind of just got complacent. We're just kind of like, oh, we're just going to, you know, like in the middle of, of lockdowns and stuff. We're like, "I guess well, we're just, we're just making, trying to make it through now, right? you're just like, man, when's Walmart going to have whatever again? Or, you know, all this, all these things that we're like, we just want something normal. And we kind of get lulled to sleep where we're, we're, not, we're not standing in faith anymore. Then we, then we have, that's when we have to come up with these arguments. We try to convince ourselves, oh, it's not that bad. Or blah, 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 blah. It's going to be all right. Or this, I heard this prophecy that said this. Or, you know, or it, it is the mark of the beast. Or it's not the mark of the beast. Or all these weird things. We, get, we start chasing all this stuff, right? Because we're not, we're not looking at truth. Because we're not filling ourselves with truth and we're not declaring truth. Unless If you don't have truth in your heart, if you don't have truth in your mind, then truth is not going to come out of your mouth. And so we got to get back to truth. I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, you were praying really strong at first and then you just kind of went into cruise control or you were apathetic or whatever it was or confused and I think God is saying hey get back to praying for me and standing and saying right now this is our time This is a time for the church to stand up and believe God for miracles. Why not now? And I believe God's given us a little glimpse. There's another testimony at Breaking Bread Ministry where they had somebody, they prayed with him through the plexiglass. You don't have to touch him. He can go beyond that if there's plexiglass and mass or whatever going on, and this guy had his arm hurt, and they like prayed for him right there in that moment when they're serving him food, and then he walked back in later and said, I got healed. Now is the time to pray for healing. I just think, my, I'm just talking to myself here. We've kind of been low to sleep where we're like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. So we've got to get back in the Word and let you know, read the Gospels and let, let the, the life and the power of Jesus uh, get stirred up in us. You know, Jesus and healing, uh, Jesus never did it the same way too. Just know that there's no formula. It's like we can't reproduce. It's like Wednesday night, first of all, I wasn't in the room. I was just chilling, watching the kids or doing something. But, uh, so all the girls were having a great time and we missed out. Uh, but, and they, you know, it's like, hey, what did we do last time, right? Don't we think that? It's like, oh, well, last time I gave a word, and so I, I have to give a word this time over to the someone. And then that's going to be the breakthrough. And we all we get all these things. We wouldn't say it out loud. We probably we would never say it, but but we do it. We're like, you know, we're like, I prayed in tongues this way last time, so I'm going to start with that, you know. And whatever it may be, because we're just creatures, we want it to be easy. We want it, don't you want it to be a formula? I do. If you don't, then I'm so, good. Because <laughs> it's not. But I want it to be a formula. I want it to be like, God, I did this last time. And then I asked them this one question, and then boom! It was the right question, and it, and it happened. And it's like, well, that question was the question that the Spirit was saying, ask that question hey, let's pray about this right now. They're asking me for this. Let's pray about this. That's why when Jesus prayed for healing, if you go through the scriptures, it's like sometimes he touched them. Sometimes he didn't touch them. Sometimes he said, let's go outside the city. Sometimes he spit on him, Sometimes he spit on the ground. A lot of spitting going on. Um... And so sometimes he's like, we're going to make mud. Sometimes he said, we're going to do it right here. Sometimes he says, hey, you got to leave me and go on a journey and wash your face off somewhere else. He did it differently every time. Why? Because he was listening to the voice of the Spirit and what the Father was saying and doing. And it has to be the same way for us. I believe God, what God is stirring up in us is a dependence on the Holy Spirit. We can't just, okay, I always quote this one Bible verse when I do it. That's great. That's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But is the Spirit saying, read that verse right now? Is the Spirit saying, do that right now? Or is that just the thing I've always done? Is that the thing that God is doing right now? We need a right now word more than any time in history, I would say, or at least our history. And so, my encouragement for you today is to get back in the scriptures and read a few about healing. We've already had the testimonies. We've already prayed. So, we, we prayed for you to be healed. We've, you know, we're believing with you. Why does it not always happen right away? Well, if I had to answer that question, I would have already written a book. Okay? <laughs> I would have already taken care of that and had a great website and a great social media following and everyone would go, Oh, John, you're amazing. You figured it out. Um, that hasn't happened because none of us have figured it all out because I believe that the revival and the power God wants to send is through a whole lot of people. It's not going to be about the one guy. It's not going to be, Oh, that one guy that prays for everybody and is so amazing. And God's like, That's not my plan. I mean, Jesus said, If if." Okay, If God wanted one God to just do it, he would have just left Jesus on the earth. Right? Why, why use me or you? Just keep Jesus here forever and he takes care of everything, right? There would have been no reason for Jesus to go to heaven. I mean, there's a few theological issues there, but um, I don't really believe that. But, uh, you know, you get the idea. It's like if, there, if it's just one guy, but God's like, no, 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 no. Maybe the church will finally get it now. I mean, the early church got it. I mean, they had to figure it out. But they finally figured it out. It's not the apostles don't have to do everything. I mean, it it was kind of a learning curve because they're like, we're the the 12, dude. (laughs) The 12. Are you the 12? I'm the 12. (laughs) We don't even need a description. The 12. You know who we are. And then it says the 12 started doing stuff when they prayed for other people. And then those other people started doing stuff. And then they figured it out as they went. They're like, it's not just the 12 now. It's, it's going all over the place. And so I believe that's what God wants to do. Say, hey, guess what? What if, what if this was the revival where the ordinary people were seeing all the amazing, extraordinary things? I think that would please God's heart. I think maybe that's what He wants to do. Uh, I mean, God's wor- there's all kinds of things. He's always working. He's doing, he's doing stuff behind the scenes. We just have to tap into what He's doing. And I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you. We've got to tap into what is going on all around us that the Spirit is doing. And so I encourage you, read that Scripture about you receiving power and authority. put your put your name in the scripture, you know go back and and here can you put that Luke up there again, Luke nine or something let's let's just demonstrate that here, hopefully it'll work. when Jesus called me, he gave me power and authority to drive out let every here we go, ready? you say it out loud with me, just put yourself instead of the twelve or them you say me. When Jesus called me, he gave me power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent me to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That was nice. Go read that to yourself every day for a while. Get truth inside your heart. You'd have to check the news. Check the news, but then go back to some truth. I don't want the bad report to get place in my heart, and I think it's it's an easy thing to do. So let's pray. Let's go ahead and stand. I think I've preached enough here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have filled us, that you have filled us for a purpose. It's not just so that we feel good. It's not so that we can we can just uh, have spiritual tingles in us, Lord, that you have filled us for a reason and a purpose. And it's to proclaim the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that that's still true today. It was true when you step foot on the earth and you begin to preach it. From that time until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and the forceful take, and the violent take it by force. And so right now, Lord, we don't physically violently take it, but by spiritual, we violently stand against anything that is not true. And we ask for truth to be released in our hearts, truth to be released in our minds. We ask for the Word of God to, to, to well up within us and bear fruit, God. We ask, we ask the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to move in us once again. Lord, help us, help us believe, even in our unbelief, that we would trust in You and believe in You and take a risk for You and see what You might do. And Lord, we just ask that You'd release healing. Lord, I just pray for all these hands and mouths and, and bodies right in this room. God, we receive right now your commission to, to pray for people. If they let us touch us or not, it doesn't matter. Lord, we can still pray for healing, God. And we can declare wholeness. We can declare the kingdom. We can take authority over sickness. We can stand against these things. And we can do what we know to do and say what we know is true. Jesus, help us. Jesus, you're the healer. We're not the healer, but you're the healer. And so we want to tell as many people as possible about who you are and demonstrate that you are demonstrating your love for those people right in this moment. And so we thank you. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for boldness, that you fill us with boldness. Fill us with boldness. Lord, we don't have to be out on the street. It can be just with a friend at work where we say, hey, can I pray right now? Let's just pray right now. Let's just, let's just see what God, said, what, what God can do right now. Not I'm going to pray for you later. Let's do it right now. Let, let's see what God wants to do right now in this moment when he's bringing something up. Who knows, we might even be praying about something else and God does something even unexpected that we weren't even praying about. Because he's just like, I just, I just, want, the, I just want a vessel who's willing to just take a risk. And so, Holy Spirit, help us, help us get past those barriers that would, that would try to hold us captive in timidity or fear or confusion or anxiety. And let us step into what you have for us in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, bless someone as you go and find somebody to pray for this week.